Would you take a moment and pray with me? Father God, we come to you this morning asking you to speak to us. I pray, Father, that I will be a conduit through which you speak. Move me out of the way so that I will not be a distraction, so that we can hear what you have to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, and hold up your Bible and repeat after me. This is God's Word. It is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error first matter. It is the supreme source of truth for what we believe and how we live. Now turn with me in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 4. Thousands and thousands of years ago, a deadly disease entered our world. And the result of that disease is death. Everyone is infected and everyone dies. We're born with the disease. And as we grow up and as we develop, we are able to see more signs, more symptoms of that disease in our life. We experience the pain, the problems, the hurt that that disease causes. And eventually, sooner or later, that disease results in death for everyone. But there's some good news. We have a cure. It's not a vaccine, it's an antidote. When you take the antidote, when you take the cure, you are cured, you're healed from the disease and it is never going to be able to bother you again. But here's the thing, once you receive the cure, you are responsible for taking that cure to other people all around the world because there's only one cure, there's only one antidote. Now the disease that we're talking about this morning is not COVID. The disease we're talking about is sin. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, they brought sin into the world and sin brings death. And the Bible makes it clear that each and every one of us are born into sin. All of us are infected by sin. And we experience the consequences. We experience the pain, the problems, and ultimately the death that it brings. But the good news is God loves us in spite of our rebellion. God loves us in spite of our sin. And he has provided a cure. That cure is Jesus. Jesus came into this world. And he was uninfected by the disease. He was sinless. He didn't have sin. And yet Jesus chose to die. He died so that his blood could be the cure for each and every one of us in our fight with sin. But here's the thing. 
When we have received the cure, when we've chosen Jesus, when we have been saved by Jesus, we have a responsibility to take that cure into our world, to those who are close to us and those who are far away. Now this morning we're starting a three-part series that we're calling The Cure, and we're going to be looking at how we as the people of God are supposed to be a part of the cure that God brings to the world. And the three things that we're going to look at are things that each and every one of us are to do. It doesn't matter who we are. If we're a follower of Jesus, if we've been born again, if we're a child of God, we are to be involved in the cure by doing these three things. Now, the first one that we're going to talk about is serve. Each and every one of us are called to use the the abilities and the gifts that God has given us to serve others to help take the cure into the world. And so if you have your Bibles open to 1 Peter chapter 4, I want you to follow along as I read verses 10 and 11. God says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever Amen. Now these verses tell us a lot about what gives us, what God gives us, but these verses also tell us what God expects of us when he has given us these things. And so from these two verses, I want you to see four things that I think God teaches us about serving him and serving others. Here's the first truth. Our gifts and our abilities come from God. Notice how Peter begins in verse 10. He says, God has given each of you a gift. Now, some of you have this idea that your gifts and abilities are the result of your hard work, the result of your training, the result of you putting forth the effort. If you put in enough man hours, then you're going to be able to reap the rewards of the gifts and the abilities that you have. But what you need to understand is that the Bible teaches that no one is a self-made man or a self-made woman. Our spiritual gifts, our natural abilities, both come from God. Have you ever heard anyone say before, he's a natural athlete or, or, or she's a natural singer? Have you heard people say that? I mean, some people are just naturally talented, naturally gifted in certain areas. They may be a, a natural athlete. They may be able to paint or to do math or play some other sport. But you need to understand that regardless of what it is that a person can do, God is the one who gave them those abilities to do that. In the book of Exodus, God has delivered his people, Israel, from bondage in Egypt. And they're on their way to the promised land. And and on the way, God is going to have them build a tabernacle so that they can worship him. And in Exodus 35, beginning in 30, verse 31, this is what it says. It says, the Lord has filled Bezalel 
with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Notice who it is that gave the ability for crafts and gave the ability to, to work expertly in an area. It was God that gave him that ability. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen, cloth, and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. You see, the Bible makes it clear that even though these are natural abilities, the ability to to build things, the ability to, to craft things, the ability to sew tapestry together, even though we would say these are natural abilities, these abilities came from God. Now what you need to understand is that every person has natural abilities and natural talents that has been given to them by God. Now, these abilities may be seen very early on in a person's life. Like, for instance, with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, when he was still in preschool, was on the Johnny Carson show hitting a golf ball. It was was clear at that point in time that he had a natural ability to hit a golf ball. Sometimes we see these abilities very early on in life. At other times, these abilities aren't discovered until later on in life. But it doesn't matter when the ability is discovered, God has given a person abilities at birth. So I want you to think for just a moment. What are the abilities, what are the talents that God has given you? Because God has given every person natural abilities and talents. Second, every Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift by God. Now, a natural talent is given to us at our birth. A spiritual gift is given to us at our spiritual birth when we're born again. Now, the Bible speaks about spiritual gifts in a multitude of places. It speaks about them in in Romans chapter 12. It speaks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. But don't forget this. Every gift... Every ability, every talent comes from God. Now, hopefully, you're developing and honing the gifts and the abilities that God has given you. Because God has given them to you so that you can use them for his glory in his service. Now, just as each and every one of us have natural abilities, and if we're saved, we have spiritual gifts, and there are things that we can do very well, There are also things that we can't do very well. Would you agree with that? I mean, we kind of lie to our kids at times. We tell our kids that they can be anything they want to be. That's a lie, isn't it? I mean, you can't be anything you want to be. I mean, you can tell your kid, you know, if you want to, you can play in the NFL or the NBA or or you can play in the major leagues. The reality is not every kid is going to be able to do that. Scott Creed is a a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. He loves them. And I got to tell you, he was having a flat-out worship experience when they won the World Series. 
But I got to tell you something about, about Scott Creek. This, every year during baseball season, Scott will say this. He says, this is what he says. He said, I'm just waiting for them to give me a call to play third base for the Braves. Scott, I'm sorry. They're not calling. You're not going to play third base for the Braves. Second base. You're not playing second base. I doubt they're going to let you be bat boy. I mean, there's some things that we just can't do. Now, Scott may have been an incredible baseball player in high school. But, I mean, the reality is only a handful of people that play baseball in Little League and high school and even college get to play professional ball. And the reality is, you may think you're a really good singer, but very few people are going to sing at Carnegie Hall. And very few people are going to be a Rhodes Scholar. Not everybody has those gifts, that wisdom, that talent. And so you've got to understand what you can do well, and you've got to also understand what you can't do well. Now, here's what I've discovered. Most of us have a tendency to covet someone else's gifts or abilities. We see what someone else can do really well, and we go, I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. And that's not what we need to do. We need to discover what it is that God has created us to do. Because the Bible makes it very clear that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God created you just like he wants you and he has created you for a purpose. And you may look at yourself and say, I can't do anything well, but that's just not true. The truth is you're an expert at something. You really are. There is an area of life that you can do better than most people. And you need to find out what that is and leverage it for the glory of God. And so God is the giver of gifts and natural abilities. Second, God gives a variety of gifts and abilities. Notice what Peter says next. He says, God has given you a gift from his great variety of gifts. Now, the word variety there, the Greek word is pokelos, which is the Greek word from which we get our English word polka dot. It means many colored. God is a God that likes variety. When God eats ice cream, he doesn't just eat chocolate. He doesn't just eat vanilla. He likes all the flavors. And God created each and every one of us unique. He didn't create us on an assembly line. He took his time and made each and every one of us special for a purpose. And then he gave us unique gifts and unique abilities. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're uniquely designed by your creator for a special purpose. Now, Paul and and Peter both give us a list of gifts. But I don't believe that list of gifts is exhaustive. Some people say it is, that the gifts that are in the New Testament are the only gifts that we have today. But I believe God gifts his people with the gifts that they need at any given time 
to do the task that he wants them to do. So you sit back and say, well, what is my gift? I don't know. But I do know God has given you a gift. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm just not good at anything. And again, that's a lie from the enemy. There was a study that was done several years ago that revealed that the average person, get this, the average person has between 500 and 700 skills. 500 and 700. Does that blow your mind? I mean, that blows my mind. The average person can do 500 to 700 things well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this. He says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. There are different ways of serving. There are different abilities to perform service. But the Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each person for the good of all. Now here's what you need to understand. God gives gifts and abilities so that we can use them to build the church. They're not given for us to use selfishly on ourselves. They are given to us so that we can use them for his glory to build up his church. And that takes us to the next thing. So how can we discover our gifts? I mean, if God has given you gifts, how can you discover them? Well, let me give you several different things you can try. The first one is you can take a test. I mean, the reality is you can go online and you can take a, a, an ability test. You can take a talent test and you can find out what you're good at. And you can go online and you can take a spiritual gift test. But the problem with these tests is they're only as good as the way you look at yourself. And so if I'm taking a test to find out my spiritual gifts and, and I'm, I'm very insecure in who I am, I don't think I'm good at anything, then probably the spiritual gift test is not going to discover my gift. But tests are good if you're going to be open and honest in the evaluation. The second thing is you go to someone who knows you well and will be honest with you and you ask them, what do you think my gift is? What do you think my ability is? You need to find someone who knows you well and will be honest with you. Now, my, my mom, she knows me well. She's known me for 61 years. But if I go to my mom and I say, Mom, do you think that I'm a good singer? She's going to say, Hun, you should be talking to David, your worship leader, and you should tell him that you need to sing solos on Sunday. You're that good. Now, my mom, she's honest. And my mom really does have a pretty good ear. But when it comes to me, she's tone deaf. And she's going to say that, that I can sing very well when in reality I can't. Now I can sing better than some of you because I've heard some of you sing. So, so all that means is you don't need to be up here on stage singing any more than I do. But the point of the matter is you find someone who knows you well, who will be honest with you, and, and you ask them, what am I good at? What do you think my gift is? And then the final way, I think this is the best way to discover your, your gifts, is by trial and error. You, you, just, you get involved and you start serving, and by trial and error, you find out what you think your gift is. Now, this is what you need to understand. If you're gifted in an area... Two things will happen. I want you to hear me. This is, this is important. If you're gifted in an area, you will be fulfilled. God doesn't call you to do things you hate doing. If God has called you to do something, if God's going to give you an ability to do something, God's going to let you love doing it. 
Okay? And so you're going to be fulfilled. But then second, you're going to be fruitful. Other people are going to be blessed by what you do other than your mother. Okay? Other people. And so you've got to look at both of these. I mean, like for instance, I may enjoy singing. But if I get up here and I start leading worship on Sunday morning, you're not going to come. And none of us are going to be blessed. You see, I may be fulfilled, but nobody else is. Everybody else is crying, please stop. You're fulfilled, but then second, it's fruitful. It's bringing the results that it needs to bring. That leads us to the third truth in this verse, and that is God gives us our abilities and our gifts so that we can serve others. Here's what Peter says. He says, use them well to serve one another. You see, God created each and every one of us for a purpose. God created birds to fly. God created bees to make honey. God created cows to to make milk. God created fish to swim. And, And the Bible says that one of the reasons that God created us is to serve. God doesn't give us our gifts and abilities just so that we can make a living. God gives us our gifts and abilities so that we can live the life he created us to live. When I was growing up, we had something that we we don't have anymore. It was full-service gas stations. Any of you remember them? Man, it was great. It was awesome. You'd pull up to the to the gas the, to, into the gas station and where the tanks are, and you'd roll down your window, and the guy'd come and say, What you want? Regular or high test. And you know, if you were in my family, it was always regular. And so he would um, start pumping the gas into your tank, and while he was doing that, he would wash your windshield. He would tell you to pop your hood. He would check your oil and your, your water. He would check the air pressure in your tires. And, and then you would drive off for the cost of a tank of gas. It was great. We all love to be served, don't we? I mean, that's why we like to go to restaurants and sit down. And sometimes we do take out because we're in a hurry. But, but we all like to go to restaurants. We like to go in and sit down and... And have someone say, how can I help you? We're going, oh, oh, this is good. And you say, bring me sweet tea and keep on bringing it until I go into a diabetic coma. And, and then we order what it is we want to eat. And we eat whatever we want to. And, and if we don't eat it all, they're not going to come and say, clean your plate. I mean, you just eat what you want to. And, and then you get up and you leave and somebody else cleans up. I mean, it's great. We all love to be served. But here's the deal. God created us to serve. Not be served. We see that throughout the Bible. We see Jesus dealing with this. We see the apostles dealing with this. We were created to serve. And do you know the number one reason people leave a church today? Not being served. They're not meeting my needs. I'm just telling you, I got a need. I had a, I had a hangnail and nobody called. The preacher didn't come and anoint me with oil. And our needs aren't met and we walk away. But the Bible says that we 
don't become a part of a church because our needs are met. We become a part of a church because we have a desire to serve and meet needs in Jesus' name. And we've got lots of needs here inside this building. Preschool and children, students, our first impressions team. I mean, um, um, ministries like Mission Columbia, our Thanksgiving basket ministry that's coming up over and over and over again. I could tell you ministries that, that we need, but understand ministry isn't just serving in a position. Ministry is a lifestyle. It's something we do, or at least we should. In, in Acts chapter 9, we see an example of this. Listen to what it says. Verses 36 through 39, it says, There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others, helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in the upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby and lit us, so they sent two men to beg him, Please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping. Showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. Dorcas Tabitha was a part of this church in Joppa. And she had this ability to sew and make clothing. But what made her special was that she used this ability to serve others. And she was such a servant that when she died, there was a void left in the church. When you die, is there going to be a void left? When you die, are there going to be people gathered around at the visitation talking about how you served them, how you ministered to them, how you made a difference in their lives? It's so easy for us to, to get lazy to get busy, to get selfish, and not see our lives as a life of service. But that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to use the gifts and the abilities that he's given us to serve others. And that takes me to the final truth we see in this passage. And that says, that is, when properly used, our gifts and our abilities will bring glory to God. Notice how Peter finished this. He said, then everything you do will bring glory to God. Our, our reason for existence is to bring glory to God. We have the privilege of enjoying God's creation as we walk through life. But our reason for existence is not to enjoy life. Our reason for existence is to use our life to bring glory to God. And so ask yourself, am I doing that? Is my life, the way I use my gifts and my abilities in service to others, bringing glory to God? If not, then why not? And what are you going to do about it? And that takes me to the sheet in the seat. I want you to pull that out for just a moment. And I want to tell you in advance what I want you to do. We've done this already two times this morning. 
And in each service, our altar has been filled with, with these sheets. We're going to sing a song in just a minute. And, and as we do, I want you to take a moment to look at this. And understand this lift isn't exhaustive by any means. And we'll tell you what that means in just a moment. But, but you look down this list. And, and if you're serving, let us know where you're serving. If there's another area where you believe God's calling you to serve, then check that box. There's preschool. We've got a desperate need there more than ever since, since life after COVID. Children's ministry, upward sports, first impressions team. From working out in the parking lot to the cafe to, to the welcome desk to greeting to, to ushers. Our missions ministry. We've, we've got a need for for people to deliver Thanksgiving baskets very soon. Outside the walls where there are people that are doing projects in homes to help people in our community who need help. Baptism ministry, helping with that. College ministry, we need on top of other things people who are willing to drive a van and pick up college students at our, at our campuses on Sunday morning. Student ministry. Worship and arts. I've long said that in a church our size, we have to have more gifted musicians that are involved. And, and if you have a gift, a talent, an ability to sing, why not use it for the glory of God? If you're a gifted instrumentalist, why not use it for the glory of God? Miscellaneous, there's Things to do from decorating to carpentry to assisting with events that we have here. But then look at this other thing, other. What is your ability or skill or gift and how could you use it? Think outside the box. You see, oftentimes we sit back and say, well, I, the things that I'm good at can't be used. Listen, anything can be used, anything that's moral, can be used for the glory of God. For instance... You may just have a really good eye, be able to take pictures. And, you know, you're just some, you, you've seen people do that where the angles and everything else, you go, whoa, man, I take a picture and I, I capture the picture, but this picture tells a story. You realize, don't you, that with social media today, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all Snapchat, all of these different things, pictures, really do paint a picture. And a picture is oftentimes worth more than a thousand words. And if you've got an ability to take pictures, you may can use that to help us tell our story, God's story, out on social media. And there's tons of other things like that. You may be in health care and you say, what can I do? Well, if you're willing we, we've got people who are shut in and other people who probably could use your ability in their life to minister to them if you wanted to use that. I mean, the sky's the limit. The question is, are we willing to use the abilities and the gifts that God has given us to serve others, or is it all about me? If the cure is going to be given to the world, it's going to begin with us serving, using the gifts and the abilities that God has given us to build the body and reach out into the community. And so I'm going to pray 
Our band's going to play. And as they do, I want you to look at this. I want you to fill it out. And then I want you to just fold it up and then come up, put it on the altar, and go back to your seat. Let me pray. Father God, everybody in this room has natural abilities. Everybody in this room who has been born again has spiritual gifts. Our desire is to use them for your glory. So speak to us right now. Open our mind and our eyes to the gifts and abilities you've given us. And Lord, help us to see ways that we can serve and make a difference for your glory. And I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name.